What's going on, guys? And welcome to another episode of Military Cash Flow. And today we're going to be talking about a very controversial topic. Is your home really an asset or not? Now, before we get started, guys, you already know what to do. Go ahead and hit the like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you can always be updated when another video comes out. And please share this video and this channel to more service members or anybody who's interested in learning about real estate or some other financial tips and tricks. But without further ado, let's get right to it. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassby. And this is the Military Cash Flow Podcast where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now let's get started creating this military cash flow. So is your home an asset? Now, let's be quite honest. In the traditional sense of the word, an asset is something that provides value, right? So it's going to be a positive on your balance sheet or your personal net worth statement. And many times people go out and they say, hey, this is going to be the largest purchase that we buy ever in life is our home, is our personal primary home. Now, the other maybe unconventional sense of the word mainly known as the rich dad theory or the Robert Kiyosaki approach to it is that an asset is something that actually produces income or helps improve your financial position. Okay. So for example, if you have a car, right, same concept as a house that depreciates over time and it's not bringing you any money, Robert Kiyosaki will see that as a liability because it's taking money out of your pocket. Whereas the traditional sense of the word, the balance statement, that net worth statement is going to count that as an asset. So let's look at both sides of the coin here. Let's stick with the traditional method for a second, because I think for the most part, that's one of the easiest ways to conceptualize that asset versus liability and most commonly taught or maybe agreed upon, especially within the American culture, as far as you know, a home is an asset. It's something that all of us are gonna spend our money, save our money, we're gonna go out and buy, and it's something we can pass down generation to generation, and that establishes wealth. So let's take a look at that. So typically when we come in and we buy a home, we're gonna use some sort of homeowner-occupied loan, okay? It can be an FHA loan, a VA loan, a conventional down payment of 5%, something like that. It's a loan where we intend to actually occupy it as a primary residence. I know you guys hear that thunder out there. It's kind of wild. They're agreeing with me. It's a hot topic. All right. So we go in there. We have very little money in the down payment. So what does that mean? All right. So let's say we're purchasing a home for $100,000. Okay. And we go in with this conventional loan. Let's use a conventional loan as an example of 5% down. That means if even though we're purchasing at 100,000, we're only putting 5,000 down, which means we're now gonna have a loan of $95,000. Okay, which means if we look now back to our net worth statement, which we talked to in the beginning, many people will say a home is an asset. And yes, it does count as a positive, but the loan is a liability, no matter how you cut it. The loan is considered a liability, even in the traditional sense. So now if we look at our balance sheet or our net worth statement, we see this beautiful asset for $100,000, but 
but then we see this liability for $95,000. What does that mean? That means in that specific situation, our net worth is only $5,000. Assets minus liabilities. Okay, so now that we understand that concept, how does the traditional home ownership actually help us in, in this whole net worth game and wealth accumulation? Well, the home itself helps in many different ways. One, let's go ahead and get it out the way. The most uh, speculative way to increase wealth through a home is through appreciation, market appreciation. What does that mean? That means the home is worth $100,000 today, but over the course of five, 10, 15, or 20 years, we're expecting that the home price is going to increase potentially to 150,000, 200,000, who knows? Now I say it's speculative, why? Because appreciation, one, is never guaranteed, never guaranteed. You don't know if the market's gonna crash or not, right? You can't control it because it is market driven, meaning the economic factors of everything that's going on around you will affect the price of that home and third, you have to understand that appreciation, no matter how much it appreciates, you will not realize it until you sell the property. Now, how does that work? Let's think about it. Let's say you bought it for $100,000, great. And let's say it appreciated up to $200,000, great. On paper, on paper, you've earned another $100,000. You're $100,000 richer but it's on paper. It's not in your bank account. It's not on your credit card or anything else of that, of that type. So understand that it is a theoretical growth of your worth until you actually realize it, either through a sell of the property where you put that equity as capital in your pocket. You could also do something like a line of credit on the equity where you now have access to a revolving line of credit or you can simply refinance the property and just increase your loan amount to put that difference in your pocket as capital as well. So there's many different ways there. That's appreciation. The other way or the second way that really helps accumulate wealth in the traditional home standard is depreciation. That's when essentially you purchase a property and you will take the, the amount that you purchased it for, let's use that same $100,000, Believe it or not, you paid $100,000 for it, but you can't write off the entire purchase price on year one. So let's kind of conceptualize that. Let's say you make $100,000 of active income doing whatever it is that you do, and then you go out and you buy a home for $100,000. The IRS is not going to say, hey, you've earned $100,000 through your employment, and you purchased a home for $100,000, therefore your tax obligation is net zero. Nah, IRS doesn't play it that way. The IRS says, hey, the home's a great asset. Thank you for buying the home, but we're now going to allow you to take that $100,000 over the span of 27 and a half years. So you do the simple math there, $100,000 divided by 27 and a half. I don't have a calculator but you can do the math. Let's just say it's roughly about $3,500. I think it's pretty close to that. $3,500 is what you'll be able to take as a tax write-off over the next 27 and a half years, okay? That helps because that hedges how much you have to pay in taxes.
So those are the two primary ways that uh, the traditional homeowner style can help build wealth. And there are a few others, but let's just focus on those two for now. Now, let's look at the alternative way, the Robert Kiyosaki way, the rich dad, poor dad way. Is your home an asset? Does it produce income? Okay, so Robert Kiyosaki likes to say, if you have something that does not produce any sort of income, meaning it cannot pay for itself, that means that you, the individual, you have to finance that property out of your own personal pocket. Therefore, it is a liability. Why is it a liability? Because let's say, theoretically, you lose your job or you lose your source of primary income. Now you cannot sustain the payment of that property, of that asset that you so-called an asset. Therefore, it is a liability to your way of life. Fair enough. So Robert Kiyosaki says, an asset is something that produces income. And his train of thought is, if you buy a property, let's call it a rental property, you go out, it produces enough income to not only take care of its mortgage or its debt obligation, but then it has an excess cash flow that you can take and put in your pocket. His theory is let's use that excess cash flow to then purchase the car that we want, right? Or the home of our dreams, right? Our primary residence. The reason he likes that method is because, hey, no matter what happens to me, right? Or the sole income producer, let's say I get fired from my job if I have it, or I decide to take a six month vacation just because I can, then the asset or the income producing vehicle, right? Can now pay for all of our toys and all of our luxuries. All right. And that's his, his train of thought. Now I'm going to be quite honest with you. I can see both sides of the coin. For those of you guys who follow the channel, who uh, follow me on social media, you want, you know, I am a tax geek. I love it. I love seeing financials. Uh, I understand uh, a balance statement, financial statements, profit and loss statements, all that good stuff, depreciation, uh, cost segregation. I mean, capitalization, you name it, right? I can definitely see the value of owning a home outright. But with that being said, I do strongly believe in the Kiyosaki way of an asset being something that produces income. Now, the, the conversation itself is open for debate and open for interpretation. And by all means, you can believe whatever it is that you want to believe. But I do think the conversation is warranted because it at least opens up everybody's mind and gives people a different perspective of how to visualize assets versus liabilities, especially for those who are struggling financially. Now, if you have your financial house in order, eh, call it what it is, consider it an asset, whatever, you understand the implications of actually owning a home and you know some of the responsibilities as far as the financial burden that it may cause, right? If you have your financial house in order, if you're just now getting your, your financial journey along the way, then I tell you what, you can't go wrong with considering option B, the Kiyosaki way, because it at least allows you to realize that the, the multiple streams of income, right, or the ability to self-sustain itself is going to drastically impact your levels of stress, your levels of financial freedom and obligations down the road. So I want everybody to drop in the comments below, what are your thoughts? Do you think it's an asset? 
Do you think it's a liability, a personal home? That's the question. And again, there's no right or wrong answer, but I do think this is a great conversation and it's always insightful to see it from somebody else's point of view. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this quick video. And if you did, again, throwing out those shameless plugs, hit that like button, smash it. Go ahead and share this video to somebody else. Let's see how many comments we can get rolling here. And uh, hit the notification bell. I think I already said that one too. Also check us out on the Facebook page, guys. If you aren't already there, go ahead and join. Wow, you do not have to be a service member to join the Facebook page, okay? But there are several active duty and veteran service members there providing value uh, to everybody on their financial journey, on their investment tips and tricks as well. Without further ado, until next time, it's Mike Glasby signing off.